Center. Here we are today with myself, my brother Cade, and my dad Randy, as I'm sure you're familiar by now if you've been listening. Sometimes we forget to say this, but I will say it today. Please follow, share, subscribe, however it works on the podcast platform you use. Give it a review. You can leave a comment in there, um, whatever you want. So how's everyone doing today? I almost just set the church on fire. So I accidentally set some paper on fire by my candle, but luckily I got it out. However, multiple people came in here because it smelled like smoke very badly. Crisis averted. You act, You did what? Okay, so I was getting my worship music together for youth group this week, and I set down one of my lead sheets, and then it was flipping through more, and I set it too close to a candle, and, and then I realized it was catching on fire. I was like, hmm, out of the corner of my eye, I thought that candle flame looks a little different, and I looked over, and the paper was on fire, and I picked it up, and I started blowing it out. And then I stood here looking at it smoking and it took me too long to think I should walk this outside. So by then the room smelled like fire and multiple people came in here like looking for fire. And I was like, yes, I almost burnt the church down, but crisis averted. You don't have a sprinkler system that you activated? It did not go off. No, I got that in time. And so I just want to clarify, you are not burning your grade card in your room. No, I did think of that though. Like Kay did and said his carpet on fire. There's a, still a burn mark in that guest room carpet. Yes, yes, there is. Well, it, it wasn't the guest. It was. It, was it wasn't the guest. Yes, it wasn't the guest room at the time. At the time, I had to do it. You had to. <laughs> did, yeah, and I'm amazed that you did it with your desk lamp. No, I did it with your desk lamp. Okay. That I had in my room, <laughs> that uh, that pink desk lamp. Yeah. That that thing got hot, and so. It actually wasn't a matter of me trying to get rid of the report card because it was bad, which it was, but it was just, I just noticed it was getting so hot that it was turning the paper brown, like in certain spots. And I thought that was fun. So I was doing that. And but it didn't catch fire. It got brown in certain spots. Yeah. And then when I got up and I like turned and I guess I brushed it through the air, that's when it caught on fire, which is why I dropped it on the floor right there. And then I used a pillow to put it out. And then your brilliant plan to cover up the spot was stick your desk chair in the middle of your yeah, room I just, over I top just of it. I just put something right in the middle of the room, just random. Thought no one would ever find it. That didn't last how long. Did you, how did you think that having no grade card that your mom and dad would buy that as opposed to just having bad grades? Again, that wasn't the primary reason. The primary reason was, ooh, this is turning this brown. This is cool. I could have been using any piece of paper. It didn't matter. It just happened to be the report card. Be like a normal kid and burn ants, okay? Don't, not your grade card. Well, not anything that can set the house on fire. Well, I mean, you can tell by our image for this podcast that we graduated from burning report cards to much larger explosions. However, we also did it outside and much safer. Hey, I want to go back to one thing about, you said uh, the share and like and all all those things. Um, we appreciate that, but I have noticed we've got, we have a consistent listenership. It seems like it has become, but I want to say to those folks, we thank you very much, but share it with somebody that, you know, that you think you might appreciate it so that we can kind of help expand here. I mean, we do this because it's fun, but we also think that we share some information that would be good for people to hear. So, so invite somebody else to follow. That's the best thing. Share it and invite them to follow us. 
I have a totally random thing. Okay. But it perfectly fits into Bevington banter because I repaired a circuit board today for an RV repair place in Bevington, Iowa. No way. Yeah. Five zero zero three three. That's a zip code for Bevington, Iowa. Well, I'm going to have to look that up and yeah, see. Yeah, I'm they doing have an it right airport. now. Yes. I wonder if they have an airport. Welcome to Bevington. It's little. Can you imagine? It's little. Maybe you land on Main sign. Street. <laughs> it's a real small town. Um, it, population was. Times, oh my goodness! The population was 57 at the 2020 census. So they probably don't have an airport. And everyone <laughs> has nearby. our same last name. Everyone has our last name. Everyone's named Bevington. If not, I'm going to move there and take over the town. There we go. So you it's are a tiny, a tiny little town, but it actually has kind of a big RV repair place be, there. That's maybe that's all it is. <laughs> no, there's a there's a little yeah. bit of a town. So anyway, there's a Bevington, Iowa. I thought that'd be perfect for Bevington banter. Well, I have been thinking about this because of some of our family situations and Cole's situation. And I wanted to offer kind of a message and encouragement for some people, for people out there who might be navigating the decision between their job and getting a vaccine. When everyone has different situations, especially for male versus a female, if you're the head of a house, like the man of the house or a woman, if you're married or not married, if you have kids or don't have kids, And all these things would make your, you know, weighing this decision a lot more difficult. So thinking one, yes, it's a sacrifice in either way, right? There's a great sacrifice being made on the one hand, if you stand up to it and you don't get the vaccine, you are making a great sacrifice of giving up your current source of livelihood, not knowing where the next one may come from, what it may, when it may come or how stable it may be. And you, but you are standing up for your principles and standing up for kind of a greater mankind as a whole freedoms idea, but you are making that sacrifice and your family is making a sacrifice. So it's also very important that your family's on board with that one, right? On the other hand, say that you weigh this decision and you have, you, if you are a married man, you have made a covenant agreement uh, taking on a responsibility to care for, protect, provide your for your family. And so, yes, we have an obligation, one, to serve God. And then if you've done that, your next obligation is your family. And then that next after your family, you have an obligation to mankind, the greater. And so I'm just thinking if you have made that commitment to provide for a family, you may have to sit and say, this is too great a cost. I will have to sacrifice my values and my personal autonomy, my bodily uh, free and my freedoms in order to continue to be able to provide, to meet that commitment that I have made to my family. And so either way, I think there's a sacrifice in it. That's noble one sacrificing comfortability and um, your source of income for, you know, something greater, bigger than you or your family. The other hand, making a personal sacrifice for your family in order to continue to provide for them. And I don't know, I just have been thinking about that. And because I don't want to demonize, I don't want to tell anybody, you know, to get it or not like, well, you shouldn't get it. You should stand up for freedom. 
and lose your job for it, but you don't know their situation. And it reminded me of in Romans 14, when Paul's kind of talking about what some one person might see as acceptable, someone else might not. And how he says, whoever in verse 18, it says, whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. So he kind of says, you know, one person might think this is wrong and so they shouldn't do it, but another might be okay with it. And if it's not explicitly laid out as sin, then is that not fine? And so I don't think, so I just wanted to encourage people. It's not necessarily right, inherently right or wrong or sinful or not sinful to go along with a vaccine or to give up your job. I agree with most of that, but you shouldn't be making this decision for the sake of your job. It shouldn't be keep my job, not keep my job. Right. You should be making the decision to get vaccinated for, is it good for my health? Is it not necessary for my health? There is definitely risk to the to coronavirus. There is definitely risk to the vaccine. If you're a person who's decided that the vaccine is more risky than coronavirus, your job shouldn't weigh in. I'm more useful to my family, family as a poor man than as a potentially dead man. Well, if you say the risk is low, say you said the risk is low either way, if I get it or not get it. Yes, there might be a little more risk to getting the vaccine in someone's case, but it still would be low. Yeah, but right now there's so many jobs that you can provide for Even at smaller places that I feel like you have a greater likelihood of finding another job. And it also depends. Like for me, I feel like even a temporary case of myocarditis would kill me. We have heart issues in our family. I would maybe die. You can't just take this policy or your decisions, you know, or the mandate and apply it across all categories, especially age-wise, health-wise, because it's different for different age groups. I mean, for young children, you virtually, in fact, if mathematically, if you crunch the numbers, as my wife as a math teacher always tells me that 0.9999 repeating is the same as one. Um, I that can means, mathematically prove that if you'd okay, like. That means that one that as a child that's like, you know, 12 and under, you you have a 100% chance mathematically of not dying from the coronavirus. Because it, the small, the number is so small, it's 99.999 repeating percent chance. It's not repeating. There is an end to that. There is an end to it, but still it goes out so far that it's, yeah. it's so anyways. Um, and at the same time, for someone in CAGE category, there have been studies showing that you actually have a, a higher likelihood of being affected, having a negative and adverse effect from the vaccine than you do from the coronavirus itself in certain age categories. So it's going to depend, you know, I, I, I kind of go with this, the decision-making process should be the same reason as why you would or would not choose to take the vaccine. And that is you should be free to make your choice. However you calculate risk, however you calculate that risk benefit analysis as applied to you and your family and your situation, you should be free to make that choice. Right. And I just wanted to say this because I feel like we are all obviously anti-mandate and we have a lot of issues with the vaccine for us. And so, but I just wanted to encourage people that if you choose to get it, we're not looking down on you. I also thought about this in like in Cole's situation, if it came down to it and he decided 
that, you know, the military in this specific course is the one he's supposed to be on. And in order to do it, he had to get the vaccine. And if he decided to do it, I thought, you know, that if he ended up doing that, and these are all ifs, because it, it looks like the army might excuse him, but now we're having issues with the university. However, I know for beyond a shadow of a doubt that if he gets it, he will have done everything in his power to stay on this path without getting the vaccine. And that is not only telling, you know, expressing that he thinks it's wrong, but he has been proactive the whole time. When the nursing school came back to him, he said, hey, let's set up a meeting. He went into that meeting with his convictions, with options. He didn't just say, I'm not doing it. You come up with something. He came, presented multiple options. He had contacted the local hospitals to see and about their policies. He went into this meeting with all of this knowledge. And so if you are fighting it, also they said to the, the nursing people was like, we really want you in this program. And so like, let us get back to you, but you are the most reasonable person we've ever spoken to on this. We wish the other people and students who have come to us, you know, would have been like this. They have been combative almost and just kind of yelling. And so you need to keep your cool. If you are in one of these situations, you need to prepare yourself. You need to go and be respectful and know what you're going to say and present yourself and carry yourself well. That's all good stuff. I, I just still fall down on the, we're not anti-vax. We're not pro-vax. We're pro make your own choice having the ability to make your own choice. I I'm don't always, um, you know, line up everything with uh, uh, this guy named Dan Bongino, but I really do respect this position. He's holding a position with the people that carry his radio. Cumulus, Cumulus, Cumulus Media. Uh, carry his radio program. He's vaccinated because he has some concerning underlying health conditions. So he's vaccinated. They're mandating all of their employees to be vaccinated. So it's not an issue for him, but he is telling them that he will no longer, you know, be on their network, whatever you call it, not because he doesn't want to vaccinate because he's vaccinated, but because he doesn't believe they should mandate. So he's willing to give up his radio show because he does not agree with the fact that they should, you know, mandate people to take it. That's his only point. It, it, he could be there forever. They're not going to get rid of him because he's vaccinated. But he says, I'm not going to work for a company that tells everybody they have to take it and mandates them and I'll fire, you know, fire you if you don't. So that I think is a great thing. Everybody should have the freedom to make the choice that fits their situation the best. That's whether whatever you choose, you should have the freedom to make that choice. And the bottom line is once they when the idea of forcing you to take a mandate. If they can force you to put something in your body against your will, especially on some things we have no long-term studies on, if they can make you do that, then there's nothing they can't make you do. You've given up your autonomy as an individual, and there's nothing that they can't make you do. They own you at that point. Can't believe that you have nothing to add to this, I Kate. I don't want to get in the, I don't want to start talking because I don't want to get in an argument. I don't think you should get it for your job, period. No, I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying I I don't necessarily agree with either one of you on this. I don't think you should get it. I mean, I don't think you should get it for your job. I mean, unless you, that that is them forcing you, that is unless you make that choice, unless you make that choice that yeah, unless you wanted it for your health. Exactly. If you you want to make that choice, I think that if you, but I don't think you should get it. If you, if you think if you're a young under 30 30 year old healthy person who's not at risk for coronavirus and you have to get it for your job and you get it just for your job not because you think it's going to benefit your health 
tr- there are people who it will probably benefit their health. They have a higher risk of dying. They're dying already anyway of something else. And if they get COVID, they would die. That's fine. Get it for your health. Don't get it for your job because that is them. My forcing thing you. is you're not getting it for your job. You're getting it as the provider for your, if you think this is the only way. Figure something else out. Figure something else out because if you give in to them, they, they have a hundred percent one. It doesn't matter what you go into the meeting with, because if you present all this now, if, if after you've presented all this and they said, you've been reasonable, we appreciate that. We wish everybody else would have done it. And if they still say no at the end, you have to be willing to say no, or what was all your preparation right. for? Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't give I'm in saying, after you've done all He has that. already done a much better job of winning them over than all these other people because they are trying to work with him. Yeah. Now. Yeah. If he's going to win yeah. them over, that's great. But like I said, if they still say no, you have to still be willing to say, then I can't. I'm going to split hairs here on this because I don't come down completely squarely with Cassidy. I don't come down completely squarely with you on Cassidy's point. If you choose to say, I'm going to take this vaccine so that I I want this job. I need this job. This is then I'm going to take it. I'm not coming down and agree with you for taking it, for getting your job. I'm siding with you because you have the freedom to make that choice. And you have you the freedom said, to make that choice. And you had said based on your definition of risk, and that includes right health and that also the care of the others that you're responsible for and all those things. Like right. But then and they I, have and I, I just want you, you so, to have so the I freedom guess to you have the freedom to choose to lose then because you've you've lost. Because you said as soon as they're able to inject you with something they have taken everything from you so but i'm not talking about to get man- the injection i'm not to talking about job? them mandating me and forcing me to take it i'm talking about that we should all have the freedom to make that choice and and for some people i mean i'll go back to but like if you I believe said, in the freedom to make that choice but you still give in to your employer then you are you are going against what you believe i think okay, it'd be I, one thing if there's were coming from only private employers right. versus that it's That's coming different from the, than federal. the federal government telling That's, you you yes. have to take it as yeah. opposed to the company that you work for. And the, and the difference is, is just like I said, with the very young children have virtually no, uh, no problem, you know, with getting COVID, it's not going to kill them. You and I are in completely different situations. For me, the, the issues like with myocarditis or whatever from vaccines where somebody in your age category actually has a, a greater risk getting the vaccine than not getting it. I, I don't have that. It, it doesn't affect older men the way it does younger men. So it's not the same. You and I are in different situations. We can't apply the same risk benefit analysis to you and I both because we're in different situations. You're at a greater risk for that than what I am in my yeah, age category. I agree with that. But then again, you've chosen it for the sake of your health. I just I don't think you should choose it well, for the sake of keeping your job. Well, I think that dad would say, one, I, I don't think I need it for my health. I think right. I'm probably fine taking the risk of COVID, but also I don't know that there's this great risk if I did get it. Right. And and so again, it's, there's a different federal government telling you that you have to take it, making it, you know, a matter of law as yeah. opposed to my company, my company, you know, that I work for, they do mandate a lot of things that I can and can't do as a term, you know, as a condition of, of employment. my employment. That's not the same thing as the as a big brother coming in and telling me that yeah. I have to do this. But then there's also different situations where 
you might be closer to saying, well, I'm closer to retirement and maybe I just take retirement early if you were in some kind of situation like this versus I have just start, I have really young kids or all of those things. Yeah, it's not easy. There's no, no. doubt about it. I mean, I would and if you have other prospects versus you have no other prospects. Right. Kate, Kate though, was family you something earlier to that, care for you, to help right. you or all this stuff. There are, there are, are many open job opportunities out there. Now, how many of those companies, you know, can you go get a job? Yeah. But are those companies going to also be mandating their employees take the vaccine? That's an issue. So you might go from where there's 10,000 or 10 million available jobs. Okay. When you eliminate the ones that don't have, that don't mandate vaccine, now you're down to only 3 million jobs. And now there's a lot of people competing for them. Exactly. It's all, it's, it's dynamic. It's a dynamic situation. You can always do something for yourself. Yeah, yeah but in the meantime, self employment. I don't know. I'd rather be poor. I'd rather be poor than lose. Poor. Than just but what if people are already poor and they're in this situation and they would be completely they would have nothing. They would not be able to feed their child. I, I want to yeah, but I want to say something. I mean, let's go back to and I know that this is so hard for us to understand nowadays because we have it so good and we're relatively speaking you know, from several hundred years, we are so wealthy. We, you know, we have so much and we have so much opportunity, but our founders did, or they were willing to die for a government not to tell them that they had to do something and they had families and they had property and they had lives and they reached a point and they said, I would rather die than bow my knee to this King. Because you, you, you yourself have admitted this is the final step. If they can make you do this, they can yes. make you do anything. So I, if you give in to have a paycheck, you've lost. So you well, have to be willing to lose everything you believe in. Everything. I will certainly the, agree the with that. final it, step. I will certainly agree with that when it comes to the federal government. If the federal government says this is law, you must do it. Well, then we probably are going to have a showdown and because I'm not the doing only that. Reason. That's the only reason why all these companies well, feel that they are forced to do it. Because let's be honest, if you were leaving it up to the private companies themselves, much less of them oh, would yeah. be doing it. Even, even less hospitals would be doing it. You'd have and, – and, and once those private companies did start – losing employees left and right, maybe even losing some of their most qualified employees, they would change their policy, but the government's telling them they're not allowed. I will agree that is the problem because there would be way more jobs that don't require the vaccine if it weren't for the government telling them. But here's the thing. There is no mandate or law or ordinance or anything else in place yet it doesn't exist these companies don't it's legally... still being forced by fear of the government a, a lot of right. it is so I here's the question you. are these companies reacting to fear of the government yes. or did the government give them cover to do what they already they wanted, wanted to, do. to do some of both but i believe more are doing it out of fear it's interesting i would like to set up a maybe cassidy as a math person could set this this paradigm this graph up because beyond what we're even talking about it makes no sense if it, even for an, an employer say use a hospital like you said a health or a network for instance if you are concerned about people's health well the vaccine is available to every single person over the age of 12 just go get the vaccine if it does what they say that it does then that, that's the end of the story and the people that don't want to get it 
should not be a threat uh, should not be a threat to the people who do get the vaccine because you are supposedly protected and the people who don't want to get it they assume their own risk and guess what if you think i'm a terrible person because i didn't get the vaccine and i die well then you should be happy because you don't have to worry about me being unvaccinated anymore that's my problem not your problem so you know it it, it makes so, no sense um when the vaccine came out and everyone is able to get it th- this pandemic was over Now, they're not treating it like it is, but it should have been treated as if it was over. Now, the issue that people still can get the the vac can still get the virus and they can get sick and they can get hospitalized. It tells you if that's the case, then it's not quite all it was cracked up to be. So why should I believe you about all these other things when this hasn't? I mean, you've been wrong about virtually everything. And it's not just within the virus. Everything that the left puts out, just give it time. It'll be proven to be wrong. I mean, Russian collusion, January 6th. I mean, just on and on and on and on and on. Evidence comes out every day. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't created in a lab in, a, in China. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess it was. Everything has, everything has been lies. And if you look at the way that they even admit that it works at this point, the vaccine, you still catch it. You still spread it. You still carry the same yeah. viral load. You just have less of a reaction. So you should... Hypothetically, if 100% of the population was vaccinated, we would still be spreading COVID. And if an unvaccinated person gave it to a vaccinated person, their reaction to it would be no different than if they caught it from uh, from another vaccinated person. The vaccine doesn't stop spread. The masks don't stop spread. If you're so worried about it, at that point, your only option is to go back into lockdown. Lock yourself down, isolate yourself completely, and then even maybe then you might get it from a delivery person. Yeah, because if you and Cassidy were vaccinated and I was unvaccinated, if Cassidy got it, she's back, she could still give it to you. A vaccinated person gives it to a vaccinated person, no different than what an unvaccinated person gives it to a vaccinated person. The question is, is if I'm vaccinated, will I get less sick and have less chance of dying? But that's on you. If you want the vaccine, go get it. By all means, go get it if you want it. Nobody's stopping you. So now we have diverged into things that we've talked about before and we're starting to repeat ourselves. So let's move to something that we can all agree is terrible and it's still along the lines of COVID is these stories coming out of schools taping or tying masks to kids' faces. This one that I saw, the taping story, was a a school district in Colorado where a student posted a picture. It was from Chinook Trail Middle School with a mask taped to her face. It's masking tape like on the top to hold it on. And multiple parents confirmed those allegations and that they were taping them. The students were saying that teachers were wearing masking tape around their wrists, like rolls of tape. And if the mask would fall down, they wouldn't even get a warning. They would just tape it on. And that school is being investigated. And then another story of a school, an elementary school, Ocean Breeze Elementary School in Florida, where there is a, was a nonverbal special needs student, seven years old. And apparently they were tying the mask onto her face at school, but the parents didn't know about it for weeks because it wouldn't be tied on when she would go to school. And then when she would come home, it wasn't. And she couldn't communicate it because she's nonverbal until one day she came home and it was still tied on and they found out about that this was going on. Yeah, the special needs girl, because of her development, her ears are really sloped forward. And so mask won't stay on behind her ears. 
So that so that's what they started doing to her. But yeah, she nobody knew it. Um, in fact, the taping story, I, I was reading on some of this last night. It's not just the one in Colorado. Uh, it also happened at a school in Las Vegas where it, in a fourth grade class and um, it was only discovered and other kids uh, substantiated that this has been going on since the beginning of the school year. It was only discovered because uh, a, a boy walked into the office with tape, with his mask taped on. And the office worker said, what, why is your, your mask taped on? And that's when it was discovered that this had been going on. So it's, yeah, just not the one place, but. Uh, I'm also horrified by the special needs story because this girl part of her also development issues is an enlarged an oversized tongue and so there's a lot of saliva so her mask was wet they said but also she has to breathe through her mouth because of things and and then imagine if she had some sort of like they talks about her having seizures and things imagine if you have one the first thing you do they you know someone they don't want you to bite your tongue off and all this stuff and a mask being tied on i just it's horrifying well, it also was said that the teachers would tape the mask on these kids in front of the class as in an attempt to hum humiliate them. They wanted yeah. them to be embarrassed by this process. So, yeah, that's uh, really good. Some really good teaching skills there. I'm sure they teach that in your education classes. Sometimes I wish I was still in high school reading all these stories. I love. Did you hear teacher. one story of a girl who wasn't? complying and they suspended her she kept coming they said we're going to suspend you and so she did she got herself suspended and then she went to suspended she went onto the campus again and they're like you're not allowed on school property because you're suspended and i think they might have called authorities but they did they handcuffed if I was her, her parent i would be so it would be very hard because you i'd be so proud of my student my child for that but also I, oh man no i would yeah. only be proud yeah only proud the the police when they end up showing up they actually handcuffed so her and took yeah. but, but yeah here she For is not showing wearing a mask. up showing up all these times because she wants to go to class i'm here because yes, i want to go to learn. school and you they wouldn't let her come me. in to the point that they suspended her for trying to go to school think of all the kids that they have that are delinquent that don't want to go to school and it ends up with her being handcuffed by the police and taken away i would only and be proud i, I would not I did, have any yeah. mixed feelings I did a bunch of reading last night on different studies on masks and, and their effectiveness. And, you know, there's a lot of debate on it, but when it comes right down to it, when you actually look at the numbers and I looked this up again, the KN95 mask that everybody raves about the porousness of it is it will stop things that are like three microns and larger or it's back 0.3. And the coronavirus is typically around 0.125 microns. So it, it's smaller than what the KN95 mask will filter out. Now, droplets where you actually have, if somebody, if you have a, you know, a spitter as a speaker, you know, obviously it's going to get slow down the droplets, but it talked a lot. Some I saw where the venting, it called it because the, there's a blockage in front of your mouth, then anything time you restrict airflow or like a liquid flow, through a smaller opening, it gets more pressure behind it and it yeah. goes farther. It's like a, you know, a hose and you adjust the nozzle. So when it vents out up upwards towards your eyes and out the sides, it's actually traveling farther than it would have if you would have just breathed normally with nothing obstructing That's your mouth. That's like for people visual, imagine a hose, you turn a garden hose on, it's put, and then you put your finger over it and it shoots out farther. 
that's the idea. Pressure yeah. times area equals pressure times area. So when you, yeah. Well, and then, and so you have that, you have that, but then you also have um, most N95 rated things are respirators and they have valves for, for your breathing out anyway. So not only are they not rated enough to, they say masks are not to protect you, it's to protect other people. Well, not only does it not protect you, it's got a vent for you to breathe out of. So it's, so not, it's not protecting, protecting other, people. other people either. And then the surgical masks, if you look at all the studies about that, about how quickly they become saturated, about how in long surgical procedures, surgeons will change them multiple times because they basically come become completely saturated within at, at the most a couple hours. Well, I've seen and then after that, you're just breathing, like you're just breathing it all out anyway. I've heard yeah, like, I've seen really as low as paper. I've seen as low as 20 minutes and at the absolute most a couple hours and they're changing them mid surgery. Anyone who works at a job where they're required to wear a mask that's listening to this, I have a mask that you have to get because uh, Cole has to wear them for army stuff and for PT. So he has to work out of them and in the gym and his mom sent him these masks that are they have a covering, but then there's like a mesh side and then a super thin like actual cover and i have no idea how you're allowed to wear them but i just recently traveled and so i had to wear one on the plane and so i asked cole if i could take one of those and it was i'm not gonna say like oh it was great because you're still wearing a mask but it was i really felt like i wasn't wearing anything so if you have to wear one there's one and nobody said anything so if i can find the link you have I'll to wear one include cheap. it yeah i'll include it in the description if i find I a link I have a question. Does is it? Did anybody else see this? I've been watching, and I I haven't watched one second of NBA basketball in like three years. I don't watch the NFL anymore. I did, however, I've been watching the baseball playoffs. And Dusty Baker wears gloves, black still. plastic. Rubber, rubber. Why? I don't. I don't know. I don't understand. Because as soon as that. you touch something, as soon as you touch something, it becomes no different than your than your fingers. I don't than know your bare hands. However, the image of Dusty Baker being sprayed with champagne after they won the league championship series was pretty hysterical. And they have their mask up and then they have them down and they have them up. Oh yeah. And they have them down. It's all once theater. It, once it was down, there's no reason putting yeah. it back up. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make any sense. It's all yeah. so stupid. It's it stupid. is all theater. And while we're on sports, let's talk about someone who got not theater, but really real. Enos Cantor, he plays for the Boston Celtics. He called out Nike. Basically, it's like calling out the league, too, at that time. It's like one of their number one partners over human rights abuses in China and how they never speak out about them. He talked about forced labor. He also talked about how, hey, you're all social justice, you know, in America. But however, China, there's all these like LGBTQ abuses and all that stuff, too. So he just called out the hypocrisy of it. They killed people him there. Yeah. Slave labor, uh, concentration camps. He talks about all that. Quote, Nike remains vocal about injustice here in America. But when it comes to China, Nike remains silent. And he used hashtag hypocrite Nike and end Uyghur forced labor. You saw his shoes. He keeps painting yeah. his shoes like all different kinds of colors and making fun of uh, Xi Jinping. He also posted directly. or he also yeah posted in support of independence for Tibet, a free Tibet. And yeah. It's not just Nike, though. I mean, we got countless companies doing the exact same thing. What was the, the general manager for the Houston Rocketeer a year and a half or so ago? I can't re recall his name. Daryl Morey. Yeah, Daryl Morey. Well, he was fired almost immediately 
for supporting the Hong independence. Kong. Yeah, movement, Hong right? Kong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To keep Hong because, Kong free. Right. Because yeah. they're afraid it's going to cost them a bunch of money. I mean, it's you're talking about. OK, so you're measuring. Oh, that's yeah. That, are you, are you're you, measuring people's lives in dollars because you're saying if we can make this much money, it's OK if this many people die. And unfortunately, we're recording the podcast on devices and our phones are devices. And when it comes to electronics, especially, it's really, yeah. really hard there's, to get around. It's there's a bill being impossible. There's a bill being introduced, however, and I really like the, the idea that this is the minimum that should be done. And it says that any product that is sold in the United States, at least 50% of that product must be constructed in the United States. I heard that bill. I, I love that. That should be the minimum. I forget who was bringing that bill forth. Yeah, me too. I can't, I don't remember the author of it, but that should be practical self-preservation. One for our own people, our own get up and go to work every day and make a good living wage and have jobs. But two, you know, if the stuff ever does hit the fan, we're screwed when we depend on all these other countries that hate us to get all, all of our goods and medicines and all those kind of things from those countries. And now Biden has turned it into not only that, we're back to not being energy independent anymore like we were under Trump. We're begging OPEC to release more oil so that the price goes down. It's even ridiculous. Though have, even though we have Alaska. Yeah. Alaska is one of the most rich, especially number one, it's already huge. But as far as resources within something that's relatively as small as the rest of the world, there's almost no place on earth that is as rich in oil as right. Alaska. They say that Anwar alone is enough to provide the oil that we need for 200 years. That's just a, just Anwar, Alaska National Wildlife Reserve. So instead of doing this, making things in America and all this, we continue to all of these companies continue to go to China and give them money. And we're enabling them to develop these things like this recent hypersonic missile that they fired that could leave inner earth it circles atmosphere the earth and then, in low yes, orbit. And then could go, yeah, re-enter yeah. wherever. So highly and terrifying. They can pilot it. Terrifying. They can direct it. And that's because all the money that we're right. they could, pumping they over could change there. Its, they could change its targeting um, while in flight. I'm and sure they already know this. So I'm not I'm not letting China know anything if some Chinese people are listening. But for everybody else who doesn't see the severity of this, this leads to a potential nuclear war has always been mutually assured destruction. For the first time ever, there's a theoretical winner in nuclear war. It's China or Russia or whoever has because I've heard rumors that Russia also has, you know, hypersonic the, missile capability. And I know I we some, do too. I was going to say, is it not public knowledge that we understood, understood. Okay. But the, the problem with it, the problem with it is that you can't track it. It could be argued that it's a test fire and not be a test fire. And, at the, last second, space and at the last second be shot here at the U.S. So it's not about it's about an undetectable first strike that has well, a, we've always had time to respond. This right. takes away the time to respond. That's why there's a hypothetical winner. Soviets, I just read where um, they launched a hypersonic missile from test shot from a submarine. We know the Chinese have done it. You, Cassidy, know what 
some about what we have. We no we comment. Have, we have something. I think we the, have we the statement have that you something. just said. Okay. No comment. I think we, we have, I mean, have something I, called Dark Eagle. Dark Eagle is supposed to be the name of the project for our hypersonic missile. So, but that's not the. It's not whether or not we have the technology of the missile technology. It's, it's do we defense. have technology to defeat it? To defeat and the answer to that, as far missile. as we know, no. is no. No. But here's the thing: the only thing that we have, because you're talking about a missile that's covering 15 miles in one second. So you're talking it's going to have to be a type of laser weapon, I would think, that would be able to even begin to deal with something like that. I don't think that a laser weapon could do that either because you'd have to it's calculate. I mean, you would you have know, to you have to track it because right. that if laser has to be hitting it for a, over a period of time in order to oh. shoot it up to whatever. It's not so going like to be, depend on how powerful have, the laser. You don't is. have a power enough missile to instantaneously blow that thing up. Even the laws it doesn't system, happen. The only like thing Johnny- that we have. The only thing that we've even tested is the laws system and it can track, but you know, your basic missiles and it has, it, it tracks them for, I don't know how long it takes to, to blow them up, but the amount of energy required. Oh, I don't know how. So it's not like Johnny quest, the laser hits it and it just blows up immediately. Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. My, my only point is that with this, you can't hardly track them because they can, they can steer yeah. them. They can change the they can change the course. They could say that they're going to shoot a test rocket, and they could have a even give the coordinates for their their target zone for the test, and then just turn it at the last second. It's in orbit, and just launch it at another country. Which, if China ever launches a missile at anybody, it's going to be here, right? They don't really have a reason to nuke anybody oh, else. Yeah. If they ever launch a nuke, it's a hundred percent. That's pretty here. much most every it's country. Guaranteed. If they were going to do that's true. If they're going to take somebody out, it'd be us. us. Yeah, everybody else's is aimed at us. Well, at least we can take comfort in knowing the consistency of how the world feels about us. Look, don't worry. If we they have yeah they have a hypersonic missile, but if we go to war. We are totally fine. Our military, so strong because we have the first woman four-star admiral. I'm offended by that on so many levels. I can't (laughs) even tell you. Where are all the feminists? Right. Where are all the actual real feminists? If anyone is confused. Aren't they sick of society telling them that the best women are men? Are men. If anyone's confused, Dr. Rachel Levine, the director of health, what is it? No, uh, the assist, uh, assistant, right? Well, she was, she's a, but th- she's she's moved into a new position. That's why she has whatever. This, the, it's a political appointment. Yes, this person who whoever leads this, it's you know it's the health some health this department agency. thing, health agency, and whoever has that is a it's a political appointment of a four star admiral. So it's, it's kind of really, like being the postmaster. Anyway, it's like being the postmaster general. Yeah, he but, goes around however, with a green uniform, yes. all with four no, stars no, on it. No, it's like it's like being the assistant postmaster general because the, the transgender director of health and human research or whatever this is is now an admiral, and they announced it as if it were the first woman, like legitimately saying the first woman four star admiral, not the first transgender. That is a man, the first woman. That I don't even think well, it's gone first through female surgery. Yeah, he has. Yeah, okay. he had he had a, the chop well, of the coffee. You don't look like it. No, I know, but I know he needs more hormones. But yeah. no, from what from what I read, he he did have the the uh, chop of off of me surgery. It's very offensive. As I, a woman. I thought it was. I thought it was. Um, because then what, one day maybe some legitimate woman will get this 
will achieve this right. status. And she won't and be they the first woman. Be, yeah, you won't be the first woman. I hear about happen. all this. I hear about all this infighting all the time between the Biden and the uh, Harris. You know, there's like two different parties inside the White House, basically, and they hate each other. I think that'd be Biden's best move uh, as far as getting, you know, under Kamala's skin is to come out as, as a transition. Woman. And then he'll beat Kamala to being the first woman president. Here is the actual title. So it's a four-star admiral in the United States Public Health Service Commissioned Corps. And he has been the United States Assistant Secretary for Health since March 26th. I just thought it was- Secretary for Health. Funny, like Chappelle, was it Chappelle was saying about Bruce Jenner? It's like, he was named woman of the year. He'd only been a year, a yes. woman for one year. One year. That's the other <laughs> yeah, thing about this. Year. <laughs> is to say, sure, people in the LGBT community have gone through whatever, their own hardships or prejudice issues, whatever. Right. But to say you're the first woman, but he lived over 50 years as a man. He didn't go. He went to medical school as a man, did became a doctor as a man establish a practice as a man didn't go through even any of the what there might be out there of difficulties of being a woman and coming up in that here's one that you can look up now it was like oh the first woman to achieve this what did he even achieve as a woman right here's one to look up to see if you can confirm i heard this the other day and somebody even showed a picture of the two of them that general mark milley and Rachel Levine played football together in high school i did see that i don't know if that's true but it but it looked real that explains a few things to me. I just think that everyone, all the boys saying that they're girls and then setting some insane like state track record or something like that. When are you, when are they just going to get, I know they are already, but the media won't cover it. Let's be honest. There's girl, whenever, every once in a while, an interview from a girl who got beat by a boy at the state track meet squeaks through and gets an interview that everybody sees but for the most part the media doesn't cover it at all but aren't aren't you sick of them basically saying that the best women are men well think how ridiculous it is it's like when you break records in sports you do it like by you know an eighth of an inch a half an inch you know all this or you know point point zero three seconds or whatever you know they break the record so one day you've got i'm just making up numbers but you got the women's long jump record in high school and it's like i don't know 16 7 and all of a sudden they they come along the next day and somebody breaks the record they don't break it at 16 8 it's like they break it at like you know twenty one two. Yeah, there's like you measure it by inches, and then all of a sudden somebody wins by like twenty percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just okay. I just looked up to see like if you're if you just said numbers that were absolutely insane, but you didn't. Those are in the realm of. Yeah, I know they are. I know. I I, I know the ballpark. I don't know long jump. Distances. I know. I had no idea. Yeah, I'm in the ballpark. The biggest example was if any if you watched the. In the last Olympics, they introduced these like mixed gender, like two men and two women relay races. And sometimes they would mix them up. So some teams would go, you didn't see this? Couldn't it just be four men? Though, so, this was swimming. Are you talking about the no, swimming medley? No, it could be. You're right. It could just oh. be four men, but there weren't that many transgender. So it was a in the track. I think they might have done it in swimming too, but in track, I saw you could swimming two, and it was yeah, the medley. Two, two so men. you could swim different like you could yes. have a man, you could pick which so the mix strokes was you wanted different. them to do. The mix was different. Yeah. There was this one team that chose to run both, like uh, they they chose to go woman, man, man, woman. Everybody else saved Would a you man. Anchor? Yeah, with a Everybody man. Everybody else saved their man 
for as an anchor, she was so far. So the guy who <laughs> raced against the girls in the, the third leg, in the covered. third leg, he was beating everybody by a hundred meters. So she started with this huge advantage. Right. She came in last. Yeah. So they closed the gap. At that, like- point, at that point, it's like a psychological thing. Like they shouldn't have left her there, not because. Not because the combination of their two men and their two women was slower, but because you got passed. You got passed again. You got passed again. And it's like a demoralizing factor. I think that's no the kidding. reason she came in last was seeing her get passed, you know, by four or five. I'm not even going to medal anymore. And so she came in last. I feel like that was what actually made that team come in last was a demoralizing factor. <laughs> not that if they, not that if every team on there ran just timed and then you compared the times at the end they may not have come in last but she was just so heartbroken she quit <laughs> so and that's it's insulting that being and even and even women who you know get irritated because men are faster and stronger and stuff like that what's wrong with being the best woman it's insulting that that's not enough nothing being the best woman is an equal accomplishment of being the best man, best man, best woman. Those are the same. It's insulting to say being the best woman is not enough. I like being the best. And if that means I compare myself to all women, I'm the best at it. And then you're better than some men too, but not all of them, not even close to all of them, but Hey, it just makes it that much more sweet. There are things that women are better at that men can't even do. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. A a professionally trained woman MMA fighter would probably bash my face in. It's just that people equally trained is where it usually starts to separate. So, yeah, they could still probably beat the snot out of me. As long as you didn't get your hands on them. If you ever got a hold of them, it'd be over. I don't think I could. If they were small. just I think before I got, I think before I got there, I well, right. I agree, things. but I'm saying if you ever did get your hands on them, yeah. then that's the end no, of the I'd story. No, I'd catch a toe to the temple, and it would be <laughs> over. Boom, boom, out go the lights. Yeah. So I just think it's ridiculous. Well, I, I stop, I'm tell, stop telling women that the best women are men. I'm offended that the idea that they even use the rank of admiral. Yeah. When you haven't spent one day in the military, like I said, it's like the postmaster general walking around in an army uniform. I thought that was kind of stars. ridiculous as well. But I think she's even more appropriate if she just had like a Salvation Army uniform or something. I mean, they have ranks. I didn't understand why she had different badges and, and ribbons and stuff on her uniform. The, the picture last, of, was, I can't believe last, you're calling him her. The picture of him in the uniform is kind of hysterical. He was calling him him earlier. He just, it gets confusing. <laughs> it's confusing. It is confusing. I, I, I could say it. I Would do that my be best. okay? I do my best. Like your say, old neighbor? Yeah. yeah. It, Yes, but we were we were unsure on on that on on that person's gender. We had no idea. That's so why you it called them it. it. Yeah. One thing I wanted to address, I had text Cassidy earlier in the week was they're really starting to get hot and heavy on pushing this idea of whatever term you want to use, wealth tax, tax on unrealized gains. This is really bad bad stuff. And there's a a number of different things I can say about it, but I'm going to jump to the most impactful aspect of it that people need to understand. The idea of taxing, uh, having a wealth tax or taxing unrealized gains, you're primarily talking about taxing assets, you know, not liquid cash, 
these billionaires that we hear about, they don't have $40 billion sitting in a bank account. They hold stock. They own the property. valuation of that the has, company. Right. That has the, this value. If it were ever, if it were liquidated, this is what they believe it would bring. A lot of it is stocks. Here's what you have to understand about that. First of all, there's no, if you confiscated every single penny of every billionaire in this country, you couldn't even run the country for an entire year. You could probably come close, but it wouldn't get you to an entire, even run the country for a whole year. And at that point, those people have no more money. They're not going to be generating any more wealth. So we know that, but they want to tax, instead of their income, they want to tax their wealth, such as all of their holdings and stocks, properties, you know, again, the valuation of their business, these things. But it never stops there. That's what you need to understand. So now they're, at, they're selling it. That we're going to do this to the billionaires. Folks, it never, ever, ever, 100% of the time stops there. It will eventually work its way down to anybody that has stock. And unlike what they want you to think, most Americans, middle-class Americans, have some stock investment. Hey, your retirement fund. Hey, your 401ks. Yes. 401ks yes. and stocks. Oh, yes, but here's what you need to realize. If they get to where they're going to, and this is where they want to go, to implement a wealth tax in this country, 100% instantaneously, every single share of stock of every yes. public traded company in this country be immediately becomes less valuable. Instantaneously. Well, well, the second sold. you do I it. I think, well, yes. it won't be. I, not instantly it, sold, but some of these people in order to pay the taxes, we'll have to sell some things. A lot of people will sell and you're going to see a stock market crash. Yes, but, but even before that, I'm talking about the second they sign the paperwork, it becomes less valuable. We become less wealthy as a nation because there is less incentive to invest in yeah. these stocks. So their yeah, prices are immediately going to begin to go down because yeah. there's less reason for me to invest in it because I'm going to get less of a return on it. I'm going to get taxed on it rather than getting a return. So you it, need it, to explain you need to explain what taxing unrealized gains is. It is. It's it's in, taxing in round, stock that I have yeah, liquidated. But some people probably don't even understand that. You got to okay, get that's a, what I thought, a I thought round I number that. a round number example. You have a stock that's worth $100 that stock goes up to $500 and then you that would be don't four, sell it. $400 in capital gains. And that stock comes back down to $100. You still owe taxes on the 400 gains that are now gone. Well, yeah, but even You would have already beyond, paid those taxes. But you never beyond, and you, you never saw that money cuz well, you let's never say, yeah, saw yeah. the actual money, but you but you owe taxes on that 400 increase. If I bought a stock in 2021 for $100, and by the end of 2022, it was valued at $500, I'd owe, I'd owe taxes on that $500. For that year. Even now if it went, even if it went now back down to Not within that year. Not within the same not year. Within, yeah. No, I understand. But I'm saying now even in if you later, it, later yes. if it goes down, you already paid the taxes on the gains yes. you never saw. But and later, the the, you lost those gains. You never saw it because you never liquidate it. You don't have that money. It's Correct. of no use to you until you sell it. That's what wealth is. And you may and not even have it because the stock may go down, like you just said, in the future. Again, again, I want to I want to emphasize this. Please understand this. It's instantaneous. The second they sign the Nobody's bill, the law, you. 
everything becomes less valuable because there's less of an incentive to invest in these companies' stocks. Every single share of every publicly traded company in this country becomes less valuable. We've become less wealthy as a, as a nation. The GDP instantly drops. All these things, eventually it makes us, yes, we could see some real stock market crisis. We become a, a much more poor country. And guess what? These people, they want us to be more poor because it makes us more dependent on government. I just agree that it, I, I do agree that it would crash like in a month because the same as me, the reason that it would go, another reason that it would all go down is because everybody would sell. I wouldn't put my money in the stock market. Give me cash. Give me Look, tangible items. I'm talking about crash in a month. Right. But I'm talking about the no, fact that. I know. That yeah. You pay, pen to paper, perception, everything immediately goes down. Everybody it's just like instantly driving a car off the lot. Yeah. Everybody, everybody instantly. instantly thinks there's less of a reason for me to invest in stocks. Instantly, everybody thinks and realizes that. Yes. But that. not only that, Everyone they, will sell so, right away yes. and it will so crash. In addition to no one buying. Nobody's buying. That's true. So you're stuck with a lot of worthless paper. That's a good point. Hey, I had another something that I, think I heard. Everything then, everything then would just be worth zero. That I, that I hadn't thought about that. I think it was Bongino. I heard him say, you know, we've talked about inflation a lot already in the past. And one of the things people are saying is like, yes, uh, wages are going up, but wages are going up to compete with inflation. However, the price of goods is rising faster. So it's not equivalent. So you don't have people think they have, you know, the same money. But even if, even if wages and the cost of goods were increasing, you know, equivalently together inflation wise, so your dollar still had the same purchasing power, even if that were the case, he pointed out um, a, a while back that the tax brackets You'd be moving up tax brackets, but those aren't changing to adjust for inflation. So yeah, you so think you are going to pay higher taxes. And I hadn't thought yeah. about that before. Yeah. This idea of even a wealth tax, if it's even constitutional, the Constitution does not allow direct taxation. That's why the 16th Amendment had to be passed in order to have an income tax in 1913, because the Constitution, they, they specifically carved out that little niche of income tax. To, to allow them to do direct taxation. So my understanding would be, and I'm sure there's a lot of legal argument would go take place, but if you follow the example of an income tax, they have to pass a constitutional amendment to allow it because the constitution does not allow direct taxation. And that's what this is. A sales tax is not a direct taxation because it varies all over the place depending on who comes in and buys something and who doesn't buy something and the tax just shifts person to person where an income tax is a direct tax to the individual and that's not allowed by the constitution. So they had to pass an amendment in order to allow them to implement the income tax and a wealth would a wealth tax would be the same thing. Not only that, direct tax, you can't do it because taxation from, has to be proportional from state to state. So like a small, smaller states, so let's say one state has 3.2 million people in it, but there's a lot of business that takes place in that state. And another state has 2.9 million. They're, they're pretty close to numbers, but it's more of a rural area. Well, that's those, those states that are really high in, in, in a lot of business taking place, their wealth tax would be way higher than a similar size state that didn't have all of that 
production and stuff going on in it. And that's not allowed by the constitution. Our taxation, what we what states pay into the federal government is supposed to be proportional the same way that like our representation is in, in Congress. I was just thinking about how far we've fallen where you weren't allowed to do direct taxation before from the federal government. And then a couple hundred years later, they're using the excuse that something is a tax in order to get it passed. Like at Obamacare. first you weren't allowed Obamacare, you weren't allowed to direct tax people. And then a couple hundred years later, they're just saying something is a tax to get it to pass, even though that technically originally wouldn't have been legal anyway. Right. Here's what, here's a, some interesting numbers. The top 1% of wage earners pays 40% of the taxes in the country. But yet we're complaining about all the rich people. So 1% of the country pays 40% of the taxes. What's even more staggering is 0.1% top wage earners pays 20% of the taxes in this country. That's crazy. The, the what? One-tenth of 1%. Okay. The top one-tenth of 1% of wage earners in this country pay 20% of the tax. I and think it's I crazy when they... They say the billionaires, they're the worst, whatever. But if we took every penny from every billionaire, right, it wouldn't even cover the budget. one year. Yeah, yeah. One year of the budget. By the way, I'm starting to agree, though, that the billionaires are the worst. I, I will say this, though. Here's the problem I have. Like, let's say take a Jeff Bezos. OK, billions of dollars, you know, whatever Zuckerberg, Gates, whatever. They have billions. And I understand that's wealth. It's not cash. It's it's wealth. But still, they're doing OK. There's no reason why our workers in this country shouldn't be the best paid, shouldn't be making living wages. There's no reason why warehouse workers at Amazon have to pee in a bottle because they don't dare you know, leave the line and they aren't being paid, you know, they have to work their butts off in order to just barely get by. There's no reason for that. I mean, I'm not an employer. Don't get me wrong. But as a pastor, we have employed a few people at the church. And this is the way I've always looked at it. And I've shared with our council before when we talked about staff. I said, you know, in the course, it, looking at what our budget is for the year, if we gave somebody a $3,000 a year raise, that really doesn't make any difference to us in the big scope of our annual budget, but it makes a tremendous difference in that person's life, $3,000. That's the way I, I would like to see us as good, decent, moral people look at this kind of issue. Even as am a business getting, person- Am I getting a raise? <laughs> no, you're already overpaid. Even as a business person, there's also value in your workers being Having, happy and comfortable yes, and wanting yes. to work with for you. Yes, yeah. There was a guy that, sticking we, around. that we met through work, a customer of ours who was talking one time and said when it comes to paying employees, he pays until it hurts, but that his turnover rate is super low and it's actually led to a lot of success. The amount of money that you save in a large company by not having turnover is tremendous. Training, it's the time huge. wasted in yes. training people. Huge amounts of money. When I was at Braun, I think there was maybe, maybe 250 employees there. And they increased, they gave everyone in the whole plant a raise specifically to combat that. And I think it added up to paying, overpaying everyone like half a million dollars a year increase um, through the entire payroll, but people stopped quitting. Yeah. And they probably spent that much or more in loss, you know, in time and everything else and efficiency with, with high turnover. Oh yeah. Or Cause their training was, it was a little bit. It was production, but it was a little bit more skilled production. And yeah, it was hard. Yeah, nobody was or there. People just, were not really fully trained unless, until they'd been there for a few months. So right. I mean, it, nobody was there. Level simply, was not that high very early on. 
Yeah, nobody was there simply putting a lug nut on a bolt. I mean, that's yeah, because like you said, no, it was, it was production, line. but it was skilled. It was skilled production. Yeah, everything is all. All of them are are pretty unique. So you have to read the the work order and be able to do this and be able to do multiple things. And yeah, people weren't really fully trained for a few months, and then they quit, and they had to train another person, and their production level just was never that high. Then they started paying a bunch of people. People stopped leaving, and the production level went way up. Because nobody was tra- right. no one on the floor was training anymore. You had maybe a couple people training instead of a couple dozen people training at a time. And a company like that, that's important because they always had more than enough orders to fill. So, you know, you want to fill them. And if you don't have the workers to turn them out fast enough, you just got more and more backup. So it's not like we're going to it's not like we're going to be so efficient. We're going to run out of orders to fill. We want to fill more orders. So we need more trained, skilled people. We need to keep them. So. That's, you know, that's, you just don't want a smooth brain people working on the assembly line. Speaking of orders, you should go and order our new merch. No, what? Merch. For everyone out there, smooth brain is an insult. And if you don't understand the insult, then you're a smooth brain. <laughs> you're walking a dangerous line. You may have just insulted a lot of people listening. Well, that's no different. I heard Shapiro to say, yeah, most people are stupid. Yeah. I would I would tend to agree with that statement. He's right. <laughs>